Hi, I'm Miss Cookie. My word is heart. Uh, sure, my heart, it caused me a lot of problems last year, but the heart that I am referring to is the very, very core of your being. Right down to the center of everything there is, that there's a heart. And I, I just want to make sure that I learn to praise God with all my heart. And everything I do, I want to do it from the bottom of my heart. Hi, my word is open. And it's open because I need to open my eyes to others. I need to open my heart. I need to open the Bible more to study. It's from 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 18. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks, and for this, God's will is for you. And I chose that word because listening to Pastor's sermon last Sunday, when I wake up in the morning, instead of looking at the news and looking at the weather, I need to open my day with prayer. And I need to end my day with prayer because I am also guilty of watching Hallmark movies at the end of the day. Good morning. My word is compassion. And for me, it says who needs prayer, who needs motivation, love, grace, hope, and kind words. Because for me, all of these things describe compassion and ways to be compassionate to another. Hi, I'm Judith. My word is comfort. And the interesting thing about this word to me is that it's both a noun and a verb. That means that I can seek God's comfort, but I can also look for ways, listen and pray and surrender to God's will to find ways that he can use me to comfort other people. That's it. ladies for sharing that with us. Um, it's a great lead in to, uh, to today's message. We're, we're continuing this conversation that we've been having over the last few weeks, uh, this series called I'd Like to Have a Word with You. And uh, it, it's, it's based on this journey that we've been going on together uh, through this discernment process that is very personal and has been very transformational uh, to me and, and to so many that I've talked to. Uh, it's based on uh, one of the books that I, I love and have shared with you called uh, One Word That Will Change Your Life. And we've been talking for the last few weeks about this, uh, this simple but powerful process that we can go through here at the beginning of the year instead of a, a New Year's resolution, that it's a, a New Year's revelation to allow God to speak to us and through us. And we've talked about each step. Uh, step one is look, look in and, and uh, search your heart, prepare your heart. Uh, step two is look up and discover your word. And step three is uh, look out and live your word. And um, as we kind of come to, to the end of this conversation, we're moving towards the end of this conversation. Uh, I, I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've gotten as much out of it as I have. I, I'm always truly amazed at, at what God is able to do and how truly transformational it is when we just uh, open ourselves up to what God wants to do in and through our lives. Uh, but as I was thinking about it this week, I was, 
uh, realizing that I left out a really important part of, of this one word process. And I want to share it with you today. It's, it's, not, it's not necessarily a step, but it's a, it's a vital component of how God speaks to us and how God speaks through us. Uh, throughout this series, uh, I've touched on a few things about how God speaks to us through his word and through his spirit and through his people. And, and that last one is what I want to focus on uh, for just a few minutes this morning. Uh, I want to talk specifically about uh, what the book and what the video calls uh, a stretch team. And if you read the book, uh, you, you know what that's about. And, but the ladies really uh, illustrated that for us in a beautiful way today. Uh, they pointed us not only to the power of God's word, but to the importance of other people in the process. I can't stress that to you enough, uh, just how important it is, not just to the one word process, but to our spiritual progress as Christians. It's one of those uh, foundational truths that we need to go back to over and over again. Very, very simply put, it's, it's this. We need each other. Amen. We need each other. The title of my sermon today is there is no I in one word, uh, because that's an important thing that we need to remember. We need each other. We're not supposed to do this, uh, this life, this Christian life alone. Uh, and God provides for us every step of the way. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Uh, John Wesley, who's the, the founder of Methodism, said this. He said, remember, you cannot serve him alone. You must therefore find companions or make them. The Bible knows nothing of solitary religion. Wesley believed this so strongly that he built the entire Methodist movement on, on preaching the gospel and then organizing people into groups that he called uh, societies or classes or, or bands. And these were just simply smaller groups of people that, that consisted of individuals who had made a commitment to Christ and a commitment to one another, to share life together with each other. And in some of these groups, they would meet together regularly and they would ask each other questions. And, and some of the groups would ask the, the same questions every week. And even though the questions changed, our, our circumstances changed, right? And so we answered the, and they answered the questions differently. Uh, but here are the questions. I want to share them with you. The first one is this. How is it with your soul? What are your struggles and successes? And this is the one that I thought was, was especially pertinent to the one word process. How might the spirit and the scriptures be speaking in your life? You see, the gospel preaching and these discipleship groups, they, they transformed people and communities in a way that, that was unprecedented. There was, uh, in fact, if you go back and read some of the stories, there was another preacher during Wesley's time, and his name was George Whitfield. And, and all the stuff you read says that, that Whitfield was a much better preacher than John Wesley. Uh, but, but Wesley's movement flourished while Whitfield's seemed to falter. And, and in John, George Whitfield's journal, he writes this. He says, my brother Wesley acted wisely. The souls that were awakened in his ministry, he joined together in societies and thus preserved the fruit of his labor. This I neglected and my people are a rope of sand. See, the missing component in Whitfield's ministry, the, the genius of Wesley's ministry, uh, was that he created space for people 
to respond to God's word in their daily lives together. See, we need each other. This is a powerful testimony, not only to the importance of God's word, but, but the importance of God's word being lived out in community with other believers. That's a, a, it's a powerful component of this one word process, but it's also a powerful component of, of what we do together as, as the church. It's an, it's an important component to this idea of, of placing ourselves in a position to, to receive revelation from God and to live that out in our, our everyday lives. And, and kind of ironically, whether we realize it or not, I think, I think that the truth of this uh, we see when we try to make New Year's resolutions. Uh, I bet that you've seen the truth of this in your, if you've ever tried to make a resolution or, or any kind of goal. You're exponentially more likely to, to succeed in achieving your goals if you involve someone else in the process, right? Uh, you're much more likely to, to start running or start walking if you, you get somebody to start walking or running with you, right? Uh, you're, you're much more likely, exponentially more likely, to start eating healthy if you can get someone else uh, that, that wants to eat healthy too to do it with you, right? We're so much more likely to, to, to start studying the Bible or developing a, a, a time of prayer. If we can find someone else or a group of people, uh, it could even be online or through an app that are wanting to study the Bible too or, or grow in their faith. How many of you have seen that before? It's, it's so much easier to, to start something and to follow through when you've got someone else uh, to do that with you. Yeah? I'll, I'll never forget, I was, I was very, one of my very first ministry jobs at the church and uh, I was I was single and I was living by myself and I was wanting and and really needing to to get in shape and so uh, I happened to be talking to a friend that I worked with about it and that person said that they were wanting to do that too and so we decided to commit uh, to working out together and to getting in shape and and for a few months we did that and it was great and and I remember it was like that having Having someone that I knew was going to be there at the gym, there was a, a YMCA that was right next to the church where we both worked. And uh, knowing that that somebody was going to be there waiting for me motivated me to get there. And, and also knowing that that person would know if I didn't show up motivated me too because I knew that I would hear from them if, if I wasn't there, right? So so it was so much easier with someone else there. And, and it went well, but I remember after a few months, we faced our first challenge. Uh, as I mentioned, there was a YMCA that was right next to the church, but after a few months, we, we saw a building being built right across the church, right across the street from the church, and we discovered that it was going to be a Five Guys Burgers and Fries. So at that point, <laughs> we went from just uh, workout partners to accountability partners, right? Uh, and, and so we, we actually figured out a way to, to combine the two. What we decided we would do was if we went to the YMCA three days a week, then we would celebrate by going to Five Guys at the end of the week. And so it all kind of worked out well for us. Um, but, but the reason why I share that with you today is because I think it highlights in, in a number of ways uh, something that actually goes on in our spiritual lives as well. You know, it's not that much different. If we want to see health and growth in our spiritual life, we have to make uh, some commitments and we have to make some, some goals. And it's much more likely to happen if we share it with others. You know, there are some things that we can't do on our own that we have to, we have to receive from God uh, and, and allow God to work in us and through us. 
uh, but there are some things that we have to do to respond to what God is doing in our lives. And, and that part of it is so much better when we can share that with others. And so I want to talk about that for just a few minutes this morning. And I want to set up our passage of Scripture in a, in a, in a little bit of a different way this morning. It's going to be, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, it's going to be a little cheesy. Uh, not like Five Guys Burgers cheesy, uh, but cheesy. Uh, but I think it's going to help you remember this, and it's going to show you just how important it is to your spiritual health. So I'm just warning you, I'm going to kind of go into to full dad joke mode uh, this morning. I'm thankful my brother John Weaver's with me this morning, my fellow dad joke man. So uh, he's going to be my, my accountability and uh, uh, encouragement partner this morning. So try not to roll your eyes too much like my daughter does when I, when I get in dad joke mode. Uh, but I don't want you to miss the impact of, of this powerful scripture. Uh, because it has a word for us today. But here's how I'm going to set it up. If we want to be physically healthy, what do we have to do? We have to eat healthy, right? Instead of burgers and fries all the time, we need to eat some healthy food, right? Like lettuce, okay? Uh, this passage of scripture that I'm going to read for you is what I call the lettuce verses, okay? Because uh, and I've got a little graphic I've got up there for you just to give you a little visual of these lettuce verses. It has this phrase, lettuce, in it three times. And not only that, but it provides this kind of framework for, for what it looks like to have a healthy spiritual life. I know some of y'all are starting to roll your eyes at me. That's okay. I'm with you. It's all good. If you remember this, then it'll be worth it, okay? So this is, this is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. Hear this. God's word for us today. The writer of Hebrews says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, here's the first one, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with a full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. And here's the second one. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And finally, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So, roll your eyes a little bit, but the truth is, <laughs> it, you're going to remember this lettuce and this passage, and if you remember this passage, then that's okay. I don't mind a few eye rolls. I'm used to it as a dad, um, but here, here's what I want you to realize from the passage today. Here's the point of, of this passage and of all the, the lettuce in this passage. The writer of Hebrews is, is teaching the church these foundational truths, these things that are vital to their life in Christ and their life together. He's talking about the importance of a few things. Uh, the importance of, of drawing near to God in, in prayer, of drawing near to God's word, God's promises, and, and the importance of drawing near to God's people. And he's doing what the passage tells, tells us to do. He's challenging us. He's encouraging us to make a commitment, not just to Christ, but, but to one another. He, he's spurring us on to build a relationship with God and with others, uh, to take ownership of our faith by developing these partnerships with other people who are trying to take ownership of their faith so that we can together live lives of worship as the body 
of Christ. See, these lettuce verses are calling God's people then and now to what I would call a, a healthy, balanced diet of discipleship. He says, you know, some of us have gotten out of this habit and, and it's not healthy. Just like any other habit that we, we want to form, it's, it's easy for us to get out of the habit, isn't it, of, of reading our Bible and, and praying and, and being with, with other believers. I think that's especially been especially difficult for us over the last few months and, and the situations and circumstances that we've lived through over the past year. The writer of Hebrews is, is reminding us that it's vital to our health and growth as followers of Jesus Christ and as the church. We need each other. It's a reminder of, of what, what John Wesley said the Bible knows nothing of solitary religion. We need one another to live the life that, that Christ is calling us to live. And, and again, just as we've talked about over and over again in this series, we don't have to look any further than the life of Christ to see examples of this. Over and over again, throughout the Gospels, we see this pattern. The decision to follow Christ is personal, but the journey of discipleship is always personal communal. Over and over again, we see uh, Jesus teaching his disciples. The disciples learn to follow Jesus by following Jesus with him and other followers. Over and over again, Jesus teaches these lessons to his disciples. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. I am the light of the world. You are the light of the world. And we've talked about this before in the New Testament. The, 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 the Greek word you is almost always plural. In the South, it's, it's y'all, right? I'm the vine, y'all are the branches. Y'all are the light of the world. Jesus knew that, that it wasn't good for us to try to do this on our own. That's why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be God with us and God living inside of us. And he created the church so that we can do life together. And so, so here's the application for you today. What, what does this look like for us? How do we put this passage into context of our lives and, and how it relates to this one word process? As I, as I mentioned to you earlier, the uh, one word process talks about uh, this thing called a stretch team. And it's so important to the process. This is uh, a person or, or a group of people that are committed to helping you stretch and grow in your life of faith and with your one word throughout the year. This, this person or this group of people is committed to asking you about your word and allowing you to ask them about their word. And, and so I want to encourage you, uh, whatever that needs to look like, for you to find that person or those people that will help you stretch and grow in your faith this year. Uh, maybe you even want to ask the questions that, that John Wesley provided for his groups. You can ask him specifically as it pertains to your one word or just it could go way beyond that as well. What would it be like for you to, to find a person or, or a group of people to ask these questions with? How is it with your soul? What are your struggles and your successes? How might the Spirit and the Scriptures be speaking in your life? 
one of my dearest friends from when I was in seminary lives in Wilmore, Kentucky, which is where Asbury Seminary is. And uh, we reconnected recently and, and we were talking about this one word process and uh, actually sent him a copy of the book. You know how much I love to re-gift the, the one word book. And I, I sent it to him. And so we've decided now every other Friday afternoon, we're going to have a phone call, a standing appointment where we, we're going to talk about our one word and we're going to pray for each other and we're going to encourage one another and we're going to hopefully spur one another on towards love and good deeds, as the passage says. What does that need to look like for you? Maybe it's not a phone call. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a Zoom call or, or maybe it's a, a small group that you're already in. Or maybe it's a small group that you want to start or, or you want to join. Again, we'd love to help you. Do that. I know Kathy would love to hear from you. But whatever it looks like, I want to encourage you and challenge you to think of ways that that you can allow others to, to, to speak into your life and, and for you to speak into their lives so that you can stretch and grow in your relationship with God. We need to be reminded of, of God's love. We need people in our lives to remind us of God's love and, and people that we can show God's love to as we share life together. We need, we need people in our lives who, who love us right where we are, but who also encourage us not to stay where we are. We need people who will challenge us and, and hold us accountable and, and walk with us through the difficulties of life and, and help us tackle the, the trials of transformation as they, as they come. Simply put, we need each other. Amen? Just like the Methodist movement so many years ago, I believe that this component has the potential to, to transform our lives and our church and our community in ways that go far beyond this one-word process because it's the power of God's Word working in and through God's people, through the power of God's Spirit. Friends, isn't that what church is all about? Isn't that what fellowship is all about? I love hearing stories about um, where God has brought us as, as individuals and as a church family. And as I hear those stories, I, I hear those things over and over again of what that looks like, of, of prayer and, and God's word and, and community. You remember that phrase I shared with you a, a few months ago when, when we were talking about and we were looking at the direction that, that God is leading us? As a church, I shared these simple, powerful words with you. Sharing life together in Christ. You remember the passage of scripture, 1 Thessalonians 2.8? Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Isn't that what our passage today was all about? Drawing near to God in prayer together. Drawing near to God's promises through the scriptures together. Drawing near to God's people in community together. In, in Christ-centered community for the purpose of spurring one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. As we continue to, to look in and look up and look out. To see Christ at work in our lives and our life together. That's my hope and my prayer for you and for me and for us. So what do you say? 
as individuals and as a body of believers. Let us be the church that God has called and created us to be. I believe that if we do that, not only will our lives be changed, but but the world around us will be changed. Do you believe it? Will you pray that with me? Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for your word and your spirit that, that, that speaks to us and speaks through us, that calls us to new heights and new depths in your uh, amazing love for us. God, I thank you that you've given us uh, the gift of your presence and provision and power, and you've given us the gift of, of your people, that you've given us the gift of community where we can share life together, we can share joys and struggles and, and successes and failures and Every bit of this life, God, the battles that we face each day, we, we need to be reminded, God, that we're not alone. And so, God, I thank you for those reminders. Lord, help us to um, let go of those things that might distract us or keep us from, from being reminded of that truth. And God, give us the faith and the courage we need to step out and be those reminders to other people. God, even in this moment now, as we... As we worship together, Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, that you would remind us that we are not alone, that you would remind us of who we are and whose we are and why we are here, so that our lives might bear fruit for your kingdom. Lord, speak to us, speak through us. I pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you stand as we worship together?